just for clarification, I think you've mentioned it twice now, but just one more time. Kelly, number one. Kelly, number one. Topanga, number two. Gotcha. 100%. Gotcha. Who's number that. three? Ooh. Oh, let me go Jill Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode number two of the Power Five podcast. My name is Kevin. Thanks so much for joining us. And thank you to all those who downloaded or streamed episode number one, our Little Debbie episode. We're so excited that you are here listening along for episode number two. This week, we'll take a stroll down memory lane as we rank our top five sitcoms of the 1990s. And just like last week, we've got the same panel joining me this evening is the man who said that his childhood dream was to grow up and be like Zach Morris, Mr. Brantley Vess. How are you? Pop father, doing well. I, I just aspire to to create a band as good as Zach Attack. Uh, that's just, that's all I'm here for. I heard that. And next we have the Danny Tanner of the bunch, except that he prefers cats, Mr. Colin Thompson. I'm just here so I don't get fined, Kevin, and and also to support cats everywhere. And last, we have our very own Doogie Hauser, Mr. Christian Graver. Well, thank you, Kevin. A pleasure to be here, as usual. You know, our discussion tonight is going to be, number one, what are those top five sitcoms? But number two, what actually constitutes a sitcom in the 1990s? Could a drama be considered a sitcom? Uh, I've had some people that say absolutely. Some people say no. Is an animated show a sitcom? Again, I've had some people say no. There's no way that something like The Simpsons or The King of the Hill um, should be considered a sitcom. Others say absolutely. It should be considered a sitcom that was during the 1990s. If something came out in 1999 but had a 10-year run in the in the 2000s, would that constitute a 90s? So we've got lots of things that we want to talk about on this particular episode. But before we actually get into the top 90 sitcoms. I want to hear about you guys' weight loss. You know, I think this is week two now. Brant, big loser last week with 11 pounds coming in at 275. Colin and Christian both in that thing as well. How's the how's the weight loss in, in, in eating and exercise going? Uh, it's going pretty good. Um, my wife and I spent the weekend in Highlands, North Carolina. And, and so to this point, since – January 4th, I've been cruising, uh, really nailing the the diet side of it, but sat down at a restaurant called 465 in Highlands, had a pizza and had a piece of tiramisu at 11 p.m. So <clears throat> I just crashed, but feeling pretty good. I rebounded strongly since the weekend. So It sounds like a cheap meal, though, not a cheap weekend. So that's not too bad. Yeah. Absolutely. I've had a cheat two weeks, actually. I initially dropped that like eight to 10 pounds of baby fat and then immediately just gorged myself in two bros and, you know, all the finer things and like no regrets because 10 minutes before this podcast, I got on the Peloton. So mark the tape. Have you had any of the mountain, the new Mountain Dew melon? You know what, Kevin, I'd have to say it's my pleasure. I've had every flavor of Mountain Dew and even some that haven't been released yet. So shout out to the mountain. Colin, what about you? Things are going pretty well, kind of slow and steady coming out of the gate. 
just kind of balancing, uh, mostly focused on meals still, just, you know, portion control, that type thing, just steady gains, you know, haven't taken too many steps back. So just slowly building a little momentum here. Anybody willing to give their total weight loss right now, thus far, two weeks in? Five and a half for me. About 13, a little over 13 for me. Five as the net loss now. You know, while, while I was eating lunch today with, with some coworkers, they were asking me about to, tonight's episode and what it was going to consist of. And so I told them I was going to ask you guys a hypothetical and we ended up taking our entire lunch break talking about this hypothetical. So I'm going to throw it out there. You know, you guys have been working hard for two weeks, trying to lose some weight. You got a hundred bucks on the line, hopefully bringing home an eight to $900 pot. So let's, let's kind of flip the grid here. All right. Take your weight right now, whatever that is. Okay. So I'm 220 pounds. So the hypothetical is this, how much money would somebody have to pay you right now? And I, and I promised our listening audience, we're going to get into sitcoms, but right now, take your starting weight. How much would somebody have to pay you to gain a hundred pounds? Okay. A hundred pounds right now. And I would give you say 12 to 18 months to do that. How long are you got to keep it on? Uh, you just got to get up to 100 pounds, like whatever that is. So that would be taking me up to 320 pounds. Like the day after, once you hit that 100 100 pound mark, you can start start losing it back. But you got and it can it be on. muscles. It can be anything, yeah, right? Like whatever, man. 100 pounds. That's a that's a ton of weight. That's a ton of weight. Hey, I, hey, put your money where your mouth is, big guy. I'll do it for free. I would say it ha- it had to be a life altering sum of money because I, I can just imagine losing losing a hundred pounds and still being in the two seventies would would just be wild. So I'm gonna go with one point five million dollars. Wow, that's incredible. That's a big so one. so like truly a life altering sum of money. So, I, I don't, so Half cash money, one point four mil right now in front of you. You wouldn't do that. You know the the thing I love about hypotheticals is when you throw your number out there, you're always going to have that clown that says you wouldn't do it for a dollar less than one point five million. But yeah, look, we'll do it for look, one point four million. Just I'll just do it for my second stimulus check right now. <laughs> <laughs> one point. All right, so we got one point four mil. We got what? I, I don't even know. What did they settle on? I haven't got my $600. I haven't gotten it either. Six, but 600 bones. All right. Christian says I'm, I'm doing it if I get my $600 tomorrow. Colleen, you got something? I'm probably checking in around around $75,000. Like 75000 wow. to get like, hundred. Like $75,000. I think you're I, underestimating a hundred. I can pounds. double or triple up really quick. And he's guaranteed to get type 2 diabetes and have a heart cath. I could I could see it right now. I could see it right now. Colin's daily eating regimen would would consist of you know maybe a Bojangles biscuit um, lunch after last, week, after last week. It's going to be two boxes of jelly cream pies. <laughs> oh my gosh! So good. I got one left at the house. One left. I'm looking. Realistically, for- how long do you think it would take you to gain a hundred pounds? Could you do it in two years? I don't know. If you're eating milkshakes every day, Colin going to bed, drinking some whole milk with, you know, half a bottle of Hershey syrup like he does. I mean, I've had some pretty bad eating habits over the years. And I'm not going to say that, you know, I'm a beacon of fitness. But, I mean, I think it would take take a lot of work to gain 100 pounds. I mean, Brent, you've seen my eating habits. 
You're gonna you're gonna have to sit yeah. like nonstop. You're gonna have to be drinking sodas like crazy, milk like crazy. I mean, I don't know. Kevin, I would just a shameless plug. Uh, you know, the new Mountain Dew uh melon, you know, you get enough of that, you know, it's easy, baby. That's right, that's right, no doubt. I don't know what that figure is, but not even thinking about it. Million bucks, I'm in. Hundred pounds, I'm definitely in right now. Million bucks. I asked my wife that. She said there's no amount of money that exists in the world to make her gain a hundred pounds. That wow. can't be true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I disagree with that too. Hey, would you rather gain a hundred pounds or become vegan? Huh. Gainage. No questions asked. I'm the Christian bail of putting on weight for roles. And by roles, I mean just my everyday life. Colin, what would say you, man? I mean, you're going to gain that hundred pounds. I would probably go vegan. As much as that pains me to say. You being like uh, too furky? I have no idea. I don't know the first <laughs> thing about vegan, but uh, that's, that's the direction I would go. There's you know, no meat, right? I don't know the rules. I I mean, no no animal products, period. Right? Kind, no dairy, yeah. no, no cheese. No Little Debbie's, right? Straight Star Crunch diet? Yeah, yeah that's right. That's... <laughs> All right. Well, that's certainly interesting. Best wishes. You know, we'll get an update next week as well. So we got 13, five and five though, for your weight loss, you know, moving on to our actual topic of the show, top 90 sitcoms, just like every show, we want it to be special. So we reached out to some of our favorite celebrities, maybe not favorite celebrities, but some of our celebrities that we happen to, to find that have open direct messages out on the social media Brent, why don't you share who, who, which celebrities have you invited to episode number two tonight? And uh, what kind of feedback did you get? All right. I got absolutely no feedback from anyone, but I will say last week you, you touched on uh, texting Tim Tebow. So a few weeks ago, Kevin pointed out to us that Tim Tebow has his phone number on Twitter, on his Twitter bio. So I actually text Tim Tebow. And at this point, I've received three automated texts in return. And I'm not sure exactly when that'll stop or if I'm going to have to block Tim Tebow at this point or what, but three of the same automated texts in return. But for this week, I invited Lark Voris, I think is how you pronounce her name, a.k.a. Lisa Turtle from Saved by the Bell. Didn't hear anything back. I, I kind of was hopeful on that one because she only had like, I don't know, 14 or 15,000 followers. I was like, maybe, you know, you never know. Um, and also I invited Jalil White, a.k.a. Steve Urkel. Oh, I like that. Uh, to no reply, so. Did I do that? <laughs> Colin, last week you you blanked this out on celebrity invites. Did you get anybody this week? When it got on the board with a couple invites this week, both fairly local to the the South Carolina, the upstate South Carolina area. First one I reached out to, arguably the biggest recruit in Clemson football history prior to Deshaun Watson or Trevor Lawrence, went with Willie Korn, currently uh, on the football staff at Coastal Carolina. I did not appear to read it uh, from what I can tell on Twitter. Uh, second invite, kind of stuck in the same uh, realm, simply based on age and uh, in, in kind of having that 90s as their sweet spot growing up. Went with none other than the Gamecock killer, Charlie Whitehurst. But again, no response from Clipboard Jesus there. 
you know, Charlie is arguably, arguably my favorite Clemson Tiger of all time. I don't know why. Probably because it's the Gamecock killer. I'm not really quite sure other than that. But those are good invites, man. Maybe maybe Willie or Charlie will reach out to us one day. We'll see. I'm really tempted to send Charlie the picture of the 2003 – or 2000. no, I think it was 2003 UVA game. And That's for right. our listeners, if you go take a look at that final touchdown pass, you'll see the pod father in the back left corner of the end zone there. Hey, pushing about 290 right there in that video as well. Ready to I believe, that Hey, I believe Kevin Youngblood with the game-winning touchdown catch, correct? That's it. Hey, it's good times, man. We, I, we thought that was a good time back then. Obviously, we are currently in the good times as Clemson fans. Christian. Why don't you let us know who you invited, buddy? Yes, sir. So five invites here, three of which fall into the 90s realm. So I'll just kind of kick it off. Uh, Mr. Ben Savage, Corey Matthews, and his older brother, Eric Matthews, Mr. Will Friedel, uh, two of my all-time faves. Uh, no reply, but you know what? It's cool. I was like, you know, these guys are busy, obviously, not doing anything. So I, I get it. And then I shot my shot about 20 minutes before the cast tonight with uh, none other than Jody Sweeten, who played uh, Stephanie Tanner. And again, how rude, no reply. But I digress because I hit up a couple local celebs in my mind and also got no reply. But listen, I think they're going to reply once they start hearing this. One was local uh, mega church pastor, Mr. Perry Noble. Just figured, you know, he's a cool dude. Just really wanted to shoot the breeze, talk 90 sitcoms. You know, maybe next time I'll just, you know, find another way to contact him. Maybe his publicist. Um, and then none other than out of bounds, Kelly Gramlich of Quark and Kelly fame, you know, just cause I listen to her every day from 12 to three doesn't mean she's got to respond, but no hard feelings. So, uh, anyways, I'm over five. So what I will say is I'm going to give Perry a second chance and I will hit him up next time. That's right. Everybody deserves a second chance. Surely he's not, he's not going to turn you down a second time. There's no way. Can't. He can't because he said so. Well, I feel like you guys did a better job inviting, you know, relevant people, I guess, for the 90s sitcoms more so than me. Uh, I hit up some just definitely not local, not local celebrities, but just people, you know, on Twitter that I tend to follow a decent amount. Sports writers, Jeff Passan from ESPN, Joe Lenardi, Ryan Leaf from Fox Sports. You know, I actually felt – pretty decent about Ryan Leaf that I would get some kind of message back, but I did not uh, just, just in case you forgot who he was old school, Washington state Cougar quarterback, uh, Tony Gonzalez, former NFL, all, uh, all pro NFL tied in Mike minor relief pitcher in major league baseball. And then Joey, the jaws chestnut. I actually met him the day after the Nathan's hot dog eating competition long time ago. It would have probably been like, I don't know, man, like 2006. Uh, I saw him at Katz's deli in New York city, got a picture with him, but got no reply from any of those guys. But, you know, more importantly, the most uh, important thing that, that I need to do in terms of uh, an invitation is a special invitation on air right now to the beloved world famous Dolly Parton. Okay. It's Dolly's birthday today. Not really quite sure how old she is. We certainly don't want to ask Dolly how old she is. 
But I had the pleasure of staying at her hotel this weekend for a couple nights in Pigeon Forge. Great hotel, Dolly. Appreciate all the the uh, nice amenities that you guys offer up there. But Dolly, we would be honored if you would join us on the Power Five podcast. So uh, I know you've got your people. Just have them reach out to our people and we'll get something set up. Maybe next week, maybe next week, episode three will be our time. We'll see. Now, I discovered a a podcast Twitter handle uh, called the Podcast Movement here just recently, and they, they they tweet out a decent amount. Obviously, all podcast related stuff, and they they asked a question the other day that I wanted to ask you guys to see what you think about this. I want to hear your thoughts. So the question was podcast movement sent this out. They've got 42,000 followers, something like that on Twitter. And the question was this, who is your dream guest on your podcast? So for our podcast, who is our dream guest on the power five podcast? I'm going to go with uh, stone cold, Steve Austin. That's my dream guest. What a fantastic answer. Yeah. Off the grid. Not even thinking about it. Love it. Love it. Christian, what you got? I mean, uh, dream guest, dream boat, Justin Bieber. I mean, really, it's no question. I didn't even have to think about it. I don't even know how to respond to that. Yeah, I thought Colin was going to say Clay Aiken for a minute there. What's he doing now? Um, actually he did a new one for the rabbi called Barry. Did you know, uh, coming out late December? <laughs> oh, yes. Shout out the rabbi. Rabbi. Thanks for listening last week. You know, I want to move to this portion of the show, uh, called rapid fire. Colin, since you don't have kids, I'm just assuming that you might watch a little bit more TV than we watch right now. So I've got 10 questions, man. I just want you to shoot off the hip. As I ask these things, give me your just your first instinct, if you possibly can. But rapid fire, I got 10 questions for you. Okay, you ready? Let's do it. All right, what's the last thing you watched? Last Man Standing. What is your favorite snack to eat while watching TV? Chex Mix. What is the earliest TV show you remember watching? That's a tough one. Um... I don't, it's more of a movie, but TV show. Let's see. It can be a movie. Probably Land Before Time, if I can include movies. Okay. What streaming services do you currently subscribe to? Too many. Netflix, Hulu, uh, Amazon Video, or whatever it's called. Um, YouTube TV. And you have cable, right? Technically. Disney Plus. (laughs) Keep going, buddy. What's something you recently watched that you would not recommend? Duke basketball. (laughs) Shots fired. Do you watch anything in the morning? And if so, what? Occasionally, I will watch uh, Packer and Durham on the ACC network. Do you watch TV while you eat supper? Not unless there's a game on that I care about. No. Do you own any TV show memorabilia? Having to think about that one for a second. Uh, no. What is your favorite actor or who is your favorite actor? Typically, I lean Denzel Washington. And favorite actress? 
probably Rachel McAdams. All right, all right. Riveting stuff right there, Colleen. Riveting stuff. Nice job. Nice job. You made it through the hot seat, man. I tell you what, if any if anybody ever asks you that in the job interview, I mean, I you know, you got it. You got it in the bag, buddy, after answering those 10 You're hired. questions right there. No doubt. All right, so now the moment that everybody has been waiting for, which is our top five 90s sitcoms. Man, we had an absolute arsenal of sitcoms to actually choose from, and I'm looking forward to hearing everybody's list. So before we actually get on that, you know, let's let's go through and just everybody kind of explain what their criteria was in, in choosing their, their shows that actually qualified for a top five 90s sitcoms Colin you want to go first man what what I guess I guess made a show qualify to even be on this list or be considered as a 90s sitcom you know I I don't know that if I can necessarily define it like that I mean I wanted I wanted at least a good start in the 90s there was a show that I excluded that started in 98 that I kept out of the list that would have potentially been in consideration I mean so I guess based on that, you know, really anything kind of before 98 that it started, um, ideally, you know, something that had a good number of seasons. I didn't go with anything that was, you know, one, two or three seasons. I don't believe it at least had four seasons or more. Uh, those were kind of the things that jumped out to me. Okay. So four seasons. See, that's some, that's some good criteria. I think that, that, you know, maybe not everybody necessarily ascribes to or follows, but Okay, that's that's the kind of stuff I'm looking for right there. Branch, you got anything that's that's unique that either qualified or disqualified a, a show from making your list? Yeah, I mean, one of my shows started in 89, but ran for most um, most all of the 90s. So I definitely included it. One show started in the early 90s and, and its final season was 2000. So I included it as well. So I just the bulk of the of the sitcom happening in the 90s was my main criteria. So for me, you know, just thinking about what sitcom stands for, situational comedy, uh, but for me, it's more, can I sit down and watch a 30-minute show about comedy? And so for me, it had to be 30 minutes or less in length, no hour long. So that's me right there. Yeah, I like that. That's kind of my thoughts as well. Anything that was an hour long uh, definitely didn't make the cut. I don't consider that a sitcom. I had no idea that sitcom actually stood for situational comedy. So learn something there, right there. From you're the, welcome. Uh, the uh, yeah, Doogie. That's Doogie Hauser for you, folks. Just MD. Just throwing it out there. You know, I had a difficult time too, man. Was I choosing my favorite five? Were I? Am I choosing the top five that man warrants a top five ranking for 90 sitcoms based on length based on fan following based on you know emmys that they may have won we've got some animated sitcoms christian you know do you have any thoughts on that i mean could it could it is is an animation is a cartoon could it be considered a sitcom I did not allow it. I'm a fan of your family guys. Uh, you know, I was a fan of South Park back in the day. Uh, you know, The Simpsons obviously is one of the longest running shows on TV. But for this specifically, I did not include anything 
that was a cartoon or any kind of animated series. So, but that's just me and just kind of thinking about, you know, my criteria. I'm pretty sure Hank Hill has something to say about that. Well, those are all interesting takes on what qualifies a 90s sitcom and and how that factored into your actual ranking. So, man, without further ado, let's go ahead and get right into it. Last week, we started with Brant. Let's start with Colin this week. Colin, number five, what you got, man? Top 90s sitcom. Number five. Coming in at number five. Did not realize how long this show went, but a huge... Carl Winslow fan checking in at number five, Family Matters. Great show. Yeah, good show, man. Got got some memories about that for sure. Obviously, everybody remembers Steve Urkel. Shout out to Brand for actually – what's that fellow's name again? His real name, you invited him? Oh, yes. His name is Jaleel White. Jaleel White, yes. Yeah. Jaleel White. Yeah, lots of good nostalgic memories right there, Colin. I like that pick, number five. And Reginald Vell Johnson from Police Academy, who played Carl Winslow, Colin's favorite father figure. Brant, what you got, number five, man? All right, number five for me was Boy Meets World. Ran from 93 to 2000. Huge crush on Topanga growing up. And in fact, in the season finale of, uh, I actually went back and, and watched some YouTube review videos and uh, it, they highlighted the fact that Topanga pushed 13 year old Corey up against the lockers and gave him a kiss and the season one season finale. And, and that just gave me hope that, uh, you know, a dumpy looking kid could, could land the best looking girl in school. She was a little weird, but then you have Mr. Feeney. I mean, just a, just a great all around show. <laughs> you know my buddies including you guys love to give me a hard time about being a a fan of disney world and disney products and while boy meets world i don't think necessarily was a disney show initially i could be wrong on that i've not done my research but when disney plus actually got started which i think that was what like november of 2019 i believe that's correct Boy Meets World was the very first thing I actually watched on Disney Plus. So, yes, great show. Love the pick, Brant. Good job. Christian, number five. Well, coming in at number five for me, uh, everybody's favorite twins, uh, Nikki and Alex. Um, Full House coming in at number five. I think it was one of those really that started in the 80s, probably late 80s, but had its real peak in the 90s. And again, Jody Sweeten, if you're out there, I'm not going to stop asking you to get on this pod. Full House. Love Full, it. Full House. There's not too many shows that I remember just always looking forward to. You know, I don't know if there's even a show out there. Maybe there is that the whole family gets around and actually watches together. You know, Colin mentioned one, Family Matters, Boy Meets World, Full House. You guys are mentioning just these like pretty wholesome shows that existed back then that literally you knew what you were going to do on a Friday night, TGIF, watching these shows. And yeah, I don't know if that 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 exists anymore. Here we are in 2021, but hey, the milkman, wow. the paper boy, the evening TV. That's right. That's right. That's great, show. great yes, song. Yes, it is. Fantastic great, song. song. Also, since we gave an earlier shout out uh, to the Zach Attack, got to give a shout out to Jesse and the Rippers. Oh, Viper, dude! Absolutely, Viper. Have mercy. 
Did you watch the spinoff? What's it called? Fuller House? Are y'all are you into that? Never tried it. I, I'm I'm anti spinoff, man. I don't I just don't think they work. Yeah, seen. no. I watched like the first four episodes because I had nothing better to do, and then I had to quit when DJ and Steve were headed to China to get married. <laughs> Spoiler alert. So you know, I watched a couple of episodes when it came out. I remember being kind of excited about it. That's when I actually had a Netflix subscription. I'm one of like six people in the world that don't have Netflix right now. Yeah, I got off of that pretty quick. Did not did not love Fuller House. I'm not sure if that's still recording right now or not. How about Girl Meets World? Blasphemy. Oh, my gosh. I watched a couple episodes of that. Got off of that, too, man. That's a good call. Thank you. All right, so uh, my fifth pick here, fully expected it to be higher up on my list, if you will, I guess a lower number, higher rank. Just doing a little bit of homework and just trying to go back and remember things, kind of remember the nostalgia, remember the emotions. My excitement level back then during the 90s while actually watching it versus you know my excitement level now watching it. I fully expected this show to to be a, a higher rank than it is, but uh, it could not, it could not go higher than number five. And my fifth rated show from the 1990s, the 1990 sitcoms is friends. And I don't know where it's going to land on y'all's list. If it will actually land on y'all's list, but I don't ever remember just being pumped about friends. You know, obviously it's a good show. It's got, it's so trendy right now. You know, I work in a middle school and all the middle school kids are wearing these friends shirts and they're watching it. And I think it's on Netflix right now. I'm not really quite sure, but um, it's obviously got staying power, but I don't ever remember just like loving the characters. Ross got on my nerves. Chandler kind of got on my nerves a little bit. Joey was funny. I just ne- I never loved it as much as everybody else. De- definitely a solid show, no doubt. I think it's my wife's number one, probably, but uh, number five for me, friends. I think this brings up an interesting point, though, because there are shows on my list that I absolutely watched in the '90s and are very nostalgic for me. But there are shows on my list that I didn't watch until you know the last ten years that, you know, I just really resonate with now. So I've got a little bit of both. And, and maybe it sounds like you went with more the nostalgic kind of approach. Is, is that fair? Or Yeah, it's fair. There's one show on mine that will, will show up on, on my list that's similar to yours. Like I started watching it, you know, post-college years. Yeah, I used to have the Friends soundtrack, actually. Had a little Hootie and the Blowfish on there, maybe the Lisa Kudrow. Little Pearl Jam, little Pearl Jam, even Yellow yes. Ledbetter. That's the finale on that, the right? Finale, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good Edward call. Vetter. That's a good call. All right, Colin. Moving on, number four. Number four. Number four coming in. This is one of those nostalgic shows for me that I probably wouldn't enjoy nearly as much today, but was a staple back then none other than Saved by the Bell. I'm not sure that any guy our age didn't at one point or another have a crush on Kelly Kapowski. I mean, she hung the moon back then. Still does. Saved by the Bell coming in at four for me. It's a great pick. I love that pick. I love that pick. You know, same question I asked 
Christian and Brant just now, did you watch the spinoff to Save by the Bell, the college years, Save by the Bell, the college years? You know, what's interesting that I learned just kind of doing a little bit of research is I've always just lumped them all as one, but I didn't, but there are two spinoffs, um, you know, that to me, that was just all one show, but so yes, I absolutely did. And it just kind of all flows for me. But again, that's been, you know, a number of years since I've really seen that. I'd be interested to, to go back and rewatch the whole thing and see how I felt now. Yeah, I, I watched the college years as well back in the day. I didn't think it worked that well. I thought just the, what, they say by the Bell had four or five seasons. I thought that really worked. The, the some sitcoms I feel like with like uh, Fresh Prince, their their college years, it kind it just worked and clicked. Um, but Saved by the Bell, I, I didn't enjoy that too much. So a little history lesson for you guys: Did you know that Saved by the Bell was originally called Good Morning Miss Bliss, who was the original teacher? Yeah. There was Zach and I believe Screech. There was no AC Slater; it was a different kid named Mikey. Yeah. And then it kind of just merged into Saved by the Bell. Yeah. Then you had the college years. Then you had the new class, and now you got some Peacock spinoff. And I ain't giving it the time of day. Lisa Turtle was on that original show. She was. She's an OG. That's right. That's right. And Haley Mills was Miss Bliss. Haley Haley Mills from The Parent Trap. You remember that? The original. With the low hands? That's right. Not that one. (laughs) That's the original one to me. Oh, man. Nice pick, Colin. What you got, Brent? Number four. All right. Number four for me is Fresh Prince. You know, Uncle Phil, Jeffrey, the whole cast of characters, Will Smith, obviously. This is one that I watched all the time. You know, I it was between – I would go on stretches where I would watch Fresh Prince in the morning, getting ready for school. Just a, just a good all-around show. I, just like we just talked about, the college scene kind of worked with this show, I felt like, the peacock and all that, that the whole storyline – so, so just a, a good nostalgic show for me, Fresh Prince. I love it. I mean, I don't think there was anybody that didn't know that opening song. Absolutely. Well, here's here's a quick question for all the Fresh Prince fans. The better Aunt Viv, was it the original Aunt Viv or the one that came in at, after season three? That's a good question. I, I tend to lean towards the original. I'm with you. I can't even picture the one after season three, so I'm going to go with the original. Okay. OG Viv. OG Viv. I like it. Christian, number four. Yeah, I'm going to stick with the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air as well. It comes in that number four spot to me. The thing that makes a 90s sitcom a top five for me is that I could turn it on right now at 10 o'clock on a weeknight and watch an episode out of order and it still hits like it's the 90s. So, no Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, shout out, top five all time for me. Uh, no doubt. A great qualification for for ranking something in the top five right there is just throwing it on, man, and being just as excited um, about it right now as you were, were then. I like that. So, Fresh Prince was not on my list, okay? Just a little teaser there. It was number five, but I did have something that kind of bumped it out of the out of the way. But Fresh Prince was certainly uh, considered on my list, but unfortunately did not did not make my list. But number coming in at number four is just like Colin. It's going to be saved by the bell. Man, just remembering everybody in that show, Zach, A.C. Slater, Screech, obviously, T's and P's to uh, Dustin Diamond right now. Christian, what's going on in the hospital right now? 
Yeah, stage four cancer doesn't look good. Um, definitely thoughts and prayers out to the Dustin Diamond, who we know as Screech. Um, so just shout out to him and uh, just praying for a recovery. Would love to get him on the pod. Yep, no doubt. Then you've also obviously got the the three ladies of the the Saved by the Bell cast and loved loved all three of them. Um, Jesse was could be a little eccentric at times, you know, a little crazy. Mister Belding, man, just like a classic <laughs> bit of a bit of a clueless uh, administrator. But man, I love that show. Same thing, the opening music. Look forward to it. And I think that show actually came on Saturday mornings. Am I am I correct in that originally? It did when I watched it. I remember that bell going off after Alf. Man, what a great Saturday morning. And Kevin, I, I think Mr. Belding, isn't he who you aspire to be like? Oh my gosh. I can't yes, that's exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing is to be the next Mr. Belding out there. And can I shout out a fourth female character, none other than Tori, who used to wear the acid wash jeans and drive a motorcycle? Underrated yes. female cast. The leather jacket. I forgot about Tori. Hey, what was the big ex NFL? You're welcome. What was the big ex NFL football player? Golick. Years? That's right. That was Mike Golick's brother. What a random guy. <laughs> yeah, it didn't, yeah. re- didn't, didn't really fit, but whatever. He was a hey, Raider. I, I, I watched the spinoffs as well. All right, moving on to number three, Colin. What you got? Number three. This is where it starts to get really tough for me in in differentiating. I mean, honestly, these next three are pretty interchangeable, but you had to put them somewhere. So number three for me, starting in 1996, nine seasons long, everybody loves Raymond. Raymond. Fantastic. Love the dynamic. I mean, you've really got five stars to me in that show you know, between Ray and Deborah, I love some Robert Barone, love Frank and Marie's interaction. Um, so everybody loves Raymond at three. Love that pick. I die laughing every time I watch, watch that show. It's fantastic. And I'm, I'm in agreement with that. You know, I think the underrated star in that is probably the, the dad. He's fantastic. I mean, Love coming in from dinner and just unbuckling the belt and, you know, kicking back in the recliner, pulling a little Frank Barone. I mean, just just classic nose, noses roll. Give give me a plate of food and going to be happy and content. All right, Brant, number three. All right, I, I'm with Colin. The top three for me are, are kind of in, interchangeable, but you got to put them somewhere. Um, this is one we used to watch all the time. And, and still it's one of those you can put on at any time out of, out of order. And, it, and it, you just love it. Home improvement, Tim, the tool man, Taylor, um, you got Heidi Wilson. <laughs> over the fence. I mean, uh? You've got Al Borland, which is a great character. Just the whole dynamic of the show. It works. So home improvement. Three what? letters, JTT. JTT, Absolutely. man. I read up on him a little bit today. So went to Harvard, then Columbia, directed a Last Man Standing episode. How about that? Yeah. Wow. I, I guess he's more than just that uh, picture on the magazine I posted above my bed when I was younger. I mean, he was a heartthrob for sure, man. You wanted to be in. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. What is the name of the movie he was in? That that was just Jungle a, to Jungle. That that might be. No, Is that like the one? A, 
Man of the House. Man of the House. Yeah, there you go. That one too. Movie, it was in some movie. kind of like little Christmas movie too. I can't remember. I'll Man be home for house. Christmas. There you go. That's right. Look at you, dude. Just crushing it. <laughs> Always. The movie trivia, sitcom trivia. Nothing goes better with a Mountain Dew Major Melon than a JTT Classic. You can write that down and take it to the bank. Hey, Brent, do you remember him, uh, Tim Allen, wearing the random sweatshirts of the colleges? Oh, yes, absolutely. A staple. Yeah. And I remember having a little fit one day when he when he was rocking a Wofford sweatshirt on one of the episodes. I never saw, you know, (laughs) I never saw a Clemson or Furman or South Carolina, but saw Wofford one time. All right. Excellent pick. Christian, number three. So it's going to get a little redundant here because, guys, I'll be honest with you, I had about 10 shows that I had a hard time whittling into a top five. But Saved by the Bell has got to be in that for me at number three. Uh, Really, again, uh, just really talk about the 90s, talk about the style, talk about the bell hitting, talk about everything from the characters to Mr. Belding to Kelly to Zach to Slater. Preppy, I got to go with Saved by the Bell number three. My number three, you know, it's it's interesting, uh, Colin. Your number four was was Saved by the Bill, as was mine. Your number three is Everybody Loves Raymond, as is mine. Number three is Everybody Loves Raymond. And so this is the show that, you know, I would have been in high school when this thing premiered and in college when it finished up. I remember, you know, I didn't watch it when it first came out when, when I was in high school and I certainly didn't watch it when I was in college. And I don't know, after, after I got married, we kind of stumbled upon it and my goodness, man, I think I've watched every episode now, but wow, it is just an absolute hilarious show. And I got into Ray Romano's stand up and it's just fantastic. I agree with you. Got five stars on that show. Uh, my favorite memory of of Everybody Loves Raymond, I've got several, but I like it when Marie puts in a, a special call or a, or a special letter to the FBI as Robert is interviewing for a, a job with the FBI. And obviously, Robert is is not too happy about that. Fantastic episode. Love it. Got to ask a question, though. All right. You know, speaking of great 90s sitcom moms, I mean, are you more of a Patricia Heaton fan or a Jill Taylor from Home Improvement fan? This could go to you, Kevin, or Colin. Deborah. Yeah, Deborah guy? Absolutely. Get out. All right, moving on to number two. Colin, what you got, buddy? Number two. Coming in at number two, home improvement. You stole a little bit of my thunder with the sweatshirts comment, but love those. Just just love it. Watched it then. We we typically watch it maybe once every year and a half, the whole thing, the whole all nine seasons or eight seasons, I guess. Um, love it. It's a staple. You know, home improvement to me feels just like what it was when we were growing up in the 90s. Like it felt like everybody's dad was a little bit like Tim. You know, everybody's mom felt a little bit like Jill. Oh, Jill. Uh, (laughs) You know, the pranks, the three brothers, neighbors were actually neighborly. And And you never saw their face. 
You never saw the neighbor's face. That's the truth. That's exactly right. Just like Wilson. You know, I read today also, man, he died of lung lung cancer back in 03. Tease and peace. Tease and peace. Tease and peace. Especially love the uh, the holiday episodes with a show like Home Improvement. Those are always carry a little more juice, in my opinion. That's not Charmin toilet paper, by the way, Christian. It's really not, but I will say I thought it was. My apologies. Zachary Ty Bryan, another three-name celebrity who recently was arrested. Um, can't shout him out, but Google him. He's been in some trouble lately. What it for like he got arrested for like choking someone, wasn't it? Yeah, it was some kind of domestic dispute with JTT over Fair. their uh, royalties. Let's talk about that mullet old Brad had in, in the early episodes of Home Improvement. Wow, that was impressive. gosh, that was cool. It was, man. Uh, Morgan Wallen's impressed. The blonde mullet. All right, so Colleen, you got number two home improvement. Brant, what you got? Number two. All right, number two for me is a show that it was I was a little too young when it first came out, um, but I've really picked it up in the last five or six years. It's Seinfeld. Um, that's, I mean, for my money right now, you know, Larry David is one of the best comedians of all time, best writers of all time. I'm a huge Curb fan. Seinfeld's one of those that just you can just pick it up at any point in time. It's it's not so heavy on theme but just the conversations in the diner and and just the dynamic between the four Kramer George Elaine and Jerry it's just a just a fantastic show all the way around um I've always planned to watch it all the way through hadn't quite done that but um I'd say I'm I'm knocking on the door of finishing them all did you know that Julia Louise Dreyfus was in competition with Rosie O'Donnell for the Elaine part. Could you imagine that? That would have been an absolute wow. disaster. Yeah, <laughs> for I mean, sure. For Dreyfus sure. is hilarious. I don't know if y'all watch Veep at all, but man, she is she is top-notch. Just hilarious. I love it. Yeah, I like her too, man. I think she's funny. Solid pick. Number two, Christian. Yes, sir. Number two, I think Brant and I have been uh, sharing notes uh Honestly, this probably should be number one if I was doing ratings based off of just the top 90 shows. But for me, number two, Seinfeld. Like Brant, I watched it a little bit later. I watched it growing up with my parents. Don't think I really got it. Um, but a little bit later on in life, rewatched the whole thing. And again, it's just one of those shows about nothing. Best show, probably hands down for me. Number two, just because my number one is a little more nostalgic for myself. Number two for me, as we're we're getting low on time here, number two for me, uh, just like Colin again, is Home Improvement. Love that show. Kind of gave you a couple thoughts on it already. It just felt like growing up to me. Everybody felt like just Tim the Toolman Taylor. Funny story, I was in a freshman geogra- uh, geometry class, and there was a football player who was a little bit older than me. Well, I was a freshman. I think he was in 10th or 11th grade. His name was Keevy Smith, and there used to be this store out at the Haywood Mall called Britches. You guys may oh, be yeah. a little bit too young for it. I don't know. I remember. But they, sold, uh, they sold a lot of flannel shirts, right, just like classic 90s. 90s grunge wear uh, with a little bit of like outdoorsy feel. But anyways, that was my store, Britches, shop 
and wore britches flannel shirts all the time. And Keevy would always call me Al from Tool Time. That was my nickname, uh, Al from Tool Time, <laughs> just because I always wore the flannel shirts back. I don't think school. so, Tim. <laughs> All right, home improvements. Number two, Colin, let's hurry on through. Number one, what you got? Number one. Number one for me was a show that I did not watch um, in my younger days. have watched fairly recently and made the jump all the way to number one. Friends, love love the whole cast, you know, especially Ross and, and Chandler. Just love that interaction. So Friends is number one for me. Brant, number one, what you got? All right, number one for me. So I'm right there with Christian. I mean, Seinfeld would probably be right there, but I, I had I just put it at number two for one reason and one reason only. Growing up, I had a black curly-headed poodle named AC Slater. So I had to put I had to put Saved by the Bell number one. Watched it. I mean, from what I can remember, almost every morning ninth and 10th grade year before school, like a 30 minute episode before school every morning, just a show I grew up with. Kelly Kapowski, of course, number one, always Topanga number two for me. So just uh, everything about that show I love. So just for clarification, I think you've mentioned it twice now, but just one more time, Kelly number one. Kelly number one, Topanga number two. Gotcha, 100%. gotcha. Who's number that. three? Ooh, oh, uh, let me go Jill Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, I like that. Christian, number one. Number one for me is more about the nostalgia. It's more about the fact that I can recite episodes of this show. It's what I grew up with. It's what I grew up with again later on in life, having a brother six years younger than me. And it's none other than Boy Meets World. Again, you know, Seinfeld is close there. I guess if I was a little bit older, those two would be flip-flopped. But for me, you just can't beat Boy Meets World. I think Topanga speaks for herself. But Corey, Sean, that dynamic, Mr. Feeney, Eric, it got better even for me when they went to college. Hands down, best show of all time in my books, 90s, forever, baby. You know, something that I've known about you for a long time is just your affection for Boy Meets World, Christian. So there was no surprise right there with with number one on on your list with Boy Meets World. I mean, respect. Truly, truly, uh, truly a fan, man, and uh, a great show nonetheless. Number one for me, you know, I'm a nerd about a couple of things. Pearl Jam probably being um, the the most nerdy quality about me uh, a second really nerdy thing about me is my my affection for Seinfeld and I've loved it from from the onset I remember watching it a long time ago probably did not get it back then just like some of you have mentioned but I've not stopped watching it watched every episode multiple times I think currently I've got probably 50 episodes on my DVR Um, that tends to be if I've got 30 minutes just to watch something and I don't want to search search and search and, and and just mindlessly thumb through something i tend to watch a, a episode of seinfeld and man just i could i couldn't even tell you what my favorite character is on there i even like newman which is he's hard to like um <laughs> Hello. but man i just i just love everything about that show it's fantastic it's classic so so many different uh unique Things, things about it, but, um, you know, just a couple stats out there. I mean, 10 Emmys nominated 68 times. There's, there's nowhere close. There's no show close to that. I don't think it was the first show that hit the 1 million 
a minute advertising mark. 58% of all TV viewers tuned in for the Seinfeld finale. That was 78 million people. Only MASH and Cheers have had a higher rated season finale, or excuse me, series finale. Um, I currently have a Festivus magnet in my office. And then I read this. Jerry Seinfeld apparently turned down $5 million per episode just for one more season. I guess he didn't want that five mil per episode. So that would have been what, I don't know, 22 episodes in a season, maybe. So a hundred and something million. So he didn't need that, but Seinfeld is, is my number one. And as we close out guys, just a quick review, Colin, your number one is friends. Number two, home improvement. Number three, everybody loves Raymond. Number four, saved by the bell. Number five, family matters. Uh, Brant, your number one was saved by the bell. Number two is Seinfeld. Number three, home improvement. Number four, Fresh Prince. And number five, Boy Meets World. Christian, your number one is Boy Meets World. Number two, Seinfeld. Number three, saved by the bell. Number four, Fresh Prince. And number five, Full House. And then me, uh, number one was Seinfeld. Not even close. Number two, home improvement. Number three, everybody loves Raymond. Number four, saved by the bell. Number five, friends. I think we've all got several different shows on there that were close. You guys want to just give a couple shows that were close to making your list, but did not. Definitely Frasier for me is one that I had to leave off, but it's one that I, I watched a lot growing up. Family Matters and Full House also close behind six, seven, eight, that, that uh, area. Fresh Prince was was one for me, as well as King of Queens. King of Queens, I, I cut that just due to it's coming out in 98. But those were two that were close for me. So for me, Family Matters, Home Improvement, but I got three that weren't listed, and that's Step by Step, Growing Pains, and Married with Children. I think because it was a little more graphic, doesn't get the love, but Al Bundy, is there a better character? Speaking of belt buckle loose, Colin, you could get down with that. Absolutely. Hey, Bundy, Bundy is a trip, man. No doubt about it. My parents wouldn't let me watch that back in the day and understandably, but man, what a, uh, what a, what a crazy show for sure. Uh, a couple shows that did not make the list for me, coach, nobody mentioned mm. coach, but I certainly loved coach. Uh, big Craig T. Nelson it, oh, yeah. in, in two of my favorite shows, Coach and then Parenthood later in life. Man, what a great show. If you haven't watched Parenthood, definitely oh, yeah. Love a it. recommendation to that. Love it. Uh, Full House was close. Um, I enjoyed Step by Step back in the day, enjoyed Family Matters, but uh, it, it really didn't flirt with my my top list. But, man, that was fun talking about this tonight. And, you know, certainly, certainly enjoyed everybody listening. Before we sign off here, guys, let us know where we can find you. Let us let people know where they can find you on uh, the various social media outlets. Colin? At Colin Thompson 87 on Twitter. C-Dub. At Christian Graver on Twitter, at C-Dub the Great, number one on Insta. And Brent. All right, at Brantley Vest on Twitter. And you can find me at KWilliams6405 on Twitter. You can also find us at the Power 5 Pod at both Twitter and Instagram. So give us a follow, give us a share. Thank you to all 11 folks that have left us a five-star review, man. We are so excited. We had 120 downloads last week. Let's keep that rolling. We are so grateful that you're listening. And man, we just we just had a had a good time tonight talking. Hope you enjoyed it. And we will see you next week. Say goodnight, Kevin. <laughs>